nostalgic fellow in my um in my past episodes i've kind of torn you down for uh the relation i have had regarding video games in the past okay um i just you know i did it for the maybe the last like seven episodes so i just want to having listened to like a lot of episodes recently um during i just want to apologize to you (laughs) um uh not for what i've said i meant every Every okay. bit of it, Good. but That's, but yeah. the fact that you had uh, a negative reaction to it, such <laughs> that you had such a a bad childhood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of things were you ragging me? Oh about? man, you don't you don't remember any of this? No. Like talking about uh, I don't I don't remember the last five years of my life. <laughs> Every <laughs> day you wake up, it's, it's like brand 50, new. It's like fifty first dates. Yeah. Um, We've known each other for longer than five years, so like I know who you are right now. Like I don't remember that thing. (laughs) Uh, What scratches? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Barrow Hill Mm -hmm. or Barrow? I stand by Barrow Hill. That's a scary (laughs) rock. It's a freaky rock. Don't move. Uh, We also had a very funny experiences playing the Silent Hill series. You and I. Yep. Uh, it was like a Neapolitan, except it was all Japanese bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything like ice clip milk, <laughs> for that matter. Um, <clears throat> no, I, uh, I actually, I think, uh, I think so many of your episodes have been grounded by uh, <laughs> almost our relationship with. Those like when we would commentary, like you and I would talk yeah. while playing a game. <laughs> yeah. We would just be like asking questions constantly. So maybe we're not reading the story, but like we kind of would. In Heavy Rain, I feel like we would read characters like out mm-hmm. loud and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's just like even at that point, it was kind of like a commentary track. <laughs> I, d- I mean, I did that with a lot of people, but I definitely remember... Uh, playing a lot of games with you as a kid and just yeah. having a very good time. It kind of brings a little bit of uh, spice. Yeah. Spin-off. Spin-off uh, <laughs> vlog. Couch. Couch cranks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, couch cranks. Is that like our riff tracks? Hey, I'm crank. You're not I'm so not so crank. Crank. And we, and we we're are the, the couch, couch cranks. cranks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so crank. <laughs> um, Good idea. That, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I've always wanted to stream. I think uh, I've been fucking waiting for Gnarly Charlie to get back to me. He, um, he's he been on two episodes of the show. He streams every day. Like, he, he does 
uh, he's gotten something like 70 people to yeah. watch him yeah. play fucking Destiny. And it's just like, fucking Destiny sucks. So, like, yeah, watch, us play, watch us play something actually good. Like, uh, I got um, I got this one game on mm-hmm. PS4 called Ride the Sun. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You got a plane and uh, you, just have to avo- <laughs> you just have to avoid the, the walls and stuff. That, yeah, it's not that good. That game sucks. <laughs> but you would do a 13 episode series. Yeah, on it. <laughs> that would take about two years. That'd be a playlist. Yeah. So <laughs> I've he he's been talking to me about doing the entire Halo series from the bottom up. Okay. Because we both own Xbox Ones and we both love and respect Halo and have read most of the books and shit. So like, is there like remastered for? Xbox One? It is, uh, yes. There is the Master Chief Collection. Okay. A high-def ODST. Which, of course, is the best fucking game. Oh, not original soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, Halo ODST. (laughs) Halo 3 ODST. I thought you were like, oh, the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good soundtrack, though. It is a good time. Martin, Martin O'Donnell. So, um, video games, scary stuff. Video games, scary stuff. Do you know about uh, you know my little series called Pets Cop? Pets Cop. Pets Cop. Uh, I feel like I have heard it in passing. Okay. All right. That I'm not completely is... oblivious. Let me quick. Let's give a quick. Good... Hmm. Captain Death is currently penning a letter. Mm-hmm. To his beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that you at to... one point in the past episode thought that we could get on to WNPR. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I had to bring that up. I think we could be a member station. We could be WLTP. And you would just pay for NPR content. And then you'd have... Yeah, no, a... I... I just wanted to distract you for a couple seconds. Yeah, no, but I, I, but I, I have that. not actually heard of this. What? Talk, talk, talk to me about it. Ah, okay. I feel like I've heard... Okay, so I've heard it mentioned, but it's one of the ones that's kind of, like, fallen through. For sure. uh, Like, like I feel like Donkey said it in an episode at some point, and I was just like, oh, like, I should check that out, and then never never did. Okay, so you should check it out. It's an unreleased, unreleased uh, PS1 game, but it's just super well done. Um, Obviously, the game doesn't exist. The, The format of the media... The art itself is that it's a let's play. So it's a let's play of this guy doing this unreleased PS1 game. Um, But it's just so, like... I think scary video games and scary video game fiction in general gets a bad rap. Because a lot of people that gravitate towards that idea also don't have the maturity to really... Sure. Properly develop a story and and respect the horror and whatever. Yeah. And that's... Pets Cops just... Phenomenal, like just excellent. yeah. But like, what about it? What about the it? the game itself? So the game plays like it does absolutely look like a PS one game, um, and you, you get the impression okay, so when you say that though that's so generalized. Like, do you yeah. mean like Tomb Raider? Do you mean like Crash Bandicoot, yeah. Spyro? Um, it's it's or, honestly or not. Do you mean like yeah. Gex? No, like a one like a, it's like almost like a isometric like just walkie. PS1 game. It doesn't actually look like a PS1 game because a lot of PS1 games are like, oh, look at 3D. Yes. Not really that. 
but in terms of the, like the pixel style it is but it doesn't look like a like I'm scared or like an indie pixel yes. game doesn't okay. look like that it looks right. more detailed whatever so you get the impression that they actually built this game or at least parts of this game and he's actually playing through them rather than them like making a video of like this fake PS1 game you get the impression that someone actually made this game just to make these let's plays yes and then there's so many layers to it if I was doing it I don't know that I would be clever enough to be like have the let's play have another layer of fiction on top of it they totally do that so the game itself is like freaky and weird and then there's like 13 14 episodes now around episode 7 or 8 there's this whole another layer of fiction introduced where the let's player that's showing you this game is not just a random dude he's playing pets like out for a reason hmm. he is literally a part of the story just so so good so good. And then uh, another YouTube channel, Nightmare Masterclass. I, I, just want, I just want to know. Um, yeah, that that sounds almost like something Suda would have made, you know, like almost like a Catherine or a, or a Killer7. Very meta, very... It is very similar. I'm, I'm actually surprised you said that. It's very psychological. He does this thing where he'll ground his story... In something meta and almost ridiculous. Yeah. And then at the same time, the gameplay will be very classy, very classic. It'll either be side scroll or beat em up, or it'll be um, puzzle, you know, puzzle game, puzzle platform. But the narrative is insane. But the narrative is multi layered. Yeah. It, it is something different than what is what you are literally seeing. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's so hard to describe. It's like, um, Watching a Tarantino flick, but Japanese like that's, <laughs> no. You can't just say but Japanese. I get your even, point. But <coughs> very. But similar. yeah, I fucking love that guy, and very I love that person. studio. Yeah. So I feel like that's what I think about, almost like a Parappa the Rapper of fucked up. That's the game that it most kind of resembles. I saw from a picture. Yeah, I'm judging that from a picture yeah. that I saw when I googled. Except it. it's not like static stills and like you're pressing buttons. Obviously, you're moving around. It's like isometric plane or whatever. That sounds but a little bit like Paper Mario now that I think about it too. A little bit like Paper Mario too. Yeah. Interesting. But it's just awesome. Check it out. Watch yeah, it. no. Do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it. it out. I needed something. Do it. Uh, I did want to. Brought me to YouTube. Um, YouTube's. The super best friends have started since it is October. We gotta say that it is October now. We are recording in October. This is gonna occur 2019 or something. Okay. So. You hear about that bug? Spookiness. With computers? And 2019? Because of the clocks on a computer? They can't display 2019. So the. <laughs> Are you trying to do Y2K right now? No, 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 no. It's not. I don't know what that is. They said that all the planes <laughs> are going to fall out of the sky and whatever, and all the computers are going to restart. I don't if know, Leonard Nimoy were alive, he would be embarrassed right now. <laughs> so. Uh, two levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most people don't know that he was like. The spokesperson for Y2K before it was happening. Oh, I didn't either. I thought it was a Star Trek reference. Kind of. <laughs> data. He was Data. He played Data. So no, it was he, very much like... He was Spock. It's a Data's and computers, <laughs> Data, Star Trek, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Next Generation's pretty good, though. So, um, Super Best Friends have started uh, this really 
they do it every year. They do it in October. They just start releasing short LPs, like usually 45 minutes a piece, playing a new horror game. Um, that's just out, that has been recommended, that has been something, but you get their first impression. It's almost like their first have been cut down to a solid 45 minutes. Um, and their commentary is always fun to listen to because uh, Matt and Pat have a really... Um, uh, they both look at things through different, uh, you know, glasses. Uh, they see things differently, so their, their opinions sometimes clash, and that's okay, and that's fun. And... Um, They've played through a whole slew of shit that um, I feel like at some point, if if it has been big this last year, they probably they will get to Pets Cop because there are so many more days left of October. Well, it's not a game, though. What is it? It's not a game. That's what I'm saying. It's a video? It's, a, it's just a Let's Play. Oh, it's a Let's Play. But that... Oh, okay. The, but the game doesn't exist. But there is no game. There actually is no game. Okay, I feel like I didn't grasp that. Yeah. All the, like, Maybe all the more crazy. You feel like you're, like, watching a video of a book that wasn't ever written. And you're like, why would the author of the video take the time to write a book? Because it's a part of the story. Part of the story. Um, Some bitch. But no, Markiplier like a, did it. He did oh. Yeah. Maybe that's why I thought it was. It's not true at all. He's um, never done Petscop. Oh, my The bad. game doesn't exist. The game doesn't exist. No. Jack Septiceye did it, though. Stop. He did a let's play. <laughs> Top of the morning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, watch Super Best Friends. They're, um, they call it a, what the fuck do they call it? Hey, I'm Matt. <laughs> Shitstorm. So oh, Shitstorm. <laughs> they call it Shitstorm. Shitstorm. Uh, Shitstorm every October. This is their seventh one. Um, they're really covering a lot of fun shit. You mentioned something else after you said Pets Cop. What was another thing that you've been into lately did you say uh, nightmare, I've been in a cane nightmare corridor so this is when a, a woman takes a cane uh like a rod uh-huh. um wooden or steel and they'll so first they'll ask me do you think you deserve to be punished and i'll say yes obviously because i'm submissive and then they'll uh they'll strike my buttocks with it seven to ten times buttocks uh and then i pay two hundred dollars for the session and leave and um i would recommend it to all of our our viewers i think it's just a great way to Get the get the googlies out. You know it's October, the weather's changing. You get a little, you go outside, it's gray, and you go get caned, get caned. You know, get caned this holiday season. Get uh, candy, candy caned. Yeah, candy caned. Yeah, that's more of a December <laughs> thing though. Do you get what I did there? Because it's like a candy cane is like a candy. I don't but know then if I, I said candy. If I don't like, I don't know if I want to. It works in two ways. No, I definitely understood that. So, uh, Get it out of the pot. this is episode 105, and of course, you shouldn't be here unless you have listened to episode 102. One, oh, three, four, five. <laughs> no, Everybody don't. In the house, I mean, so come on, listen to those other ones if you want to, but really, the only one that's important is 102. 102? Because that is that's where we one. do part one of what this three-part story is going to be. Brushka. Um, yeah, we're doing Braska. Braska. Braska? Braska. I don't actually think it's Russian. I think it's like Midwestern or oh, something. Oh, that was like Scottish. Braska. I thought it was Russian. No. Well, Are you doing Russian? I don't know. I'm not an accent Sorry. person. You're not, you're not. 
I don't remember much about this story, if I'm being completely okay. honest. Do you want to recap? If you want. Let's do it. So, 30 second recap. Uh, number one, just watch one or just listen to one or two because it's really kind of the best recap. Um, yeah. There's some kids in the woods and they go to a treehouse. Treehouse. And there's a sound and it's like. It's like metal on metal. It's really fucking annoying. Nice. And they're like, where does that sound come from? And yeah. they're, and the kid, the young girl is like Baraska. And, and then there's people and they have uh, faces that are, are melted or whatever. Ah, skinless. Skinless. The skinless men. The skin taker. Yeah. That's the same no. story. That's and then they, um, and then they have to like bleed the guy to get him in the treehouse. Remember that? Mm. He's like, it, it, they're well, like, no, we don't you, bleed uh, you. You do a, you do a blood sacrifice. Yeah. You uh, you stab the palm right, and then you yeah, touch something, the, something like that. You touch the tree, and then they're like, "If you don't do that, bad shit's gonna happen." Yeah, if you don't sign your name, yeah, and then yes. write in blood. Yep, chicka chicka chicka. Yep, carve into the tree and offer it as uh, you know a drop of blood or something. Then uh, then they'll fuck you. Where do we end? What was the ending of part one? Uh, the, I think it's coming back to me. The um, the sister has disappeared. Okay. The sister of the main character has disappeared. End of part one is kind of like um, the little brother of the main character and two of their friends go out to the tree and do the whole thing. And then mm-hmm. they talk about how the skinless men abducts children, you know, bad children from the town and shit. Yeah. And um, the parents don't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. The cops don't know what anyone's fucking talking about. Um, it's just a rumor with the kids and the teachers start to catch on to it, I think. Okay. And, um, at the very end of it, no one can find the narrator, uh, his older sister who had argued with them in the prior scene. And so you, uh, you end the last scene with just like, no one else is going to help me fucking find her because they, they don't believe me. Yeah. This doesn't sound fucking familiar at all. Let's do it. I'm ready. Great. I'm psyched. I didn't even open it yet. Oh my god. Do you want something else? Yes. You I was just. I was just gonna get up. Yeah. Can um. Yeah. Fuck. Where is it? Spooky, scary, skeletons. That is how Send it starts. Send shivers down your spine. Drink Are you ready to do this? Yes. Are you good? You good. don't need to use the bathroom no. or anything. Yeah. I don't actually know, but let's run you with know, it. You know. Man, this first sentence already throws me off. Part two. Here we go. Go listen to part. Go listen to episode 102. And then literally start this part right now. Because that's the only way it's going to make sense. (laughs) Please. Please do it. We're really stoned. And kind of so, like, do that. Brushka. Brushka. I don't know why he says it like he's Russian. Underneath the triple tree, there is a man who waits for me. And should I go or should I stay? My fate's the same either way. Good morning. The words faded back into the ether, and I awoke with a start. Jimmy Prescott was lounging against the wall and his yet disapproving look on his face. Shit. Sorry, Mr. Prescott, I didn't hear you come in. You know, I worked here when I was a kid, too. I installed the bell on the door for this very reason. Didn't seem to wake you up, though. He laughed. I mumbled another apology and eyed a stack of business cards in front of me. Late night? 
Uh, kinda. Very. I hope you weren't out at the bonfires with all the other underage drinkers. No, sir. Yep. Good. Anyway, I'm just here for my lunch. I'll take a Parmesan chicken with avocado on rye. Yes, sir. Happy that the conversation was over, I walked over to the sandwich counter and unwoven the twisty tie from the rye bread. Jimmy Prescott stepped back from the counter and idly studied the pictures on the wall, though he'd seen them a thousand times before. More of the photos were of the Prescott family taken over the last century. I'd always thought it odd decor, but then the shop was named after them after all. Is Mira here? Prescott asked as I wrapped up his sandwich. She's in the back. Ah, I thought she'd still be in St. Louis. Well, when you're finished, would you mind getting her for me? Shit. Yes, sir. I handed him his sandwich and went back to find Mira. She was in the office, furiously punching the keys on her accounting calculator. Uh, Mira? Jimmy Prescott is out front and he wants to talk to you. She turned and gave me a dubious look. Did he say what about? I shook my head. Okay. She sighed. You can go home for the day, Sam. But are you sure? I still had three hours on the clock. He's the only customer we've had since we opened. Don't worry, I'll pay you for a whole day, kiddo. Thanks, Mira. Um, good luck, I guess. I gave her a sympathetic shrug and she patted my arm. I didn't know how she did it. Mira was perhaps the most burned and stressed out woman in all of Drisking, but she never failed to be unbelievably kind. There was a hopelessness about her, a sadness that she hid very well. I left the store out the back door so I wouldn't have to see Jimmy Prescott again. His weird, yellowed amber eyes always set me on edge, not to mention he was a total tool. Okay, pause. What the shit? When did he get a job at Subway? Why is he making sandwiches? I thought his sister is gone. Why is he making sandwiches? What what has happened? I I remember Jimmy Prescott. He was the, um, he's taken over as, like, mayor in the town or something. And he did like the rich family He did, like, a meeting. Yeah, Yeah. he's like the rich family in town. The dad has stepped down for some reason. Yeah. And it has upset everyone. But this youngling. And everyone thinks. Okay. Second question. First question, when did he get a job at Sandwich Shop? I don't fucking remember Jesus that. Christ. They just moved to the town in part one, right? Like, how, like, right? like, how does he get they? hired and is he getting paid on the table? This is, we should let the viewers know, this is like every episode of Lots of Pasta. This is live is this a time? Is this a time S- jump? I don't know. So, put it in the chat. Um, <laughs> when you, after you watched episode two, one of two, know no one part one. <laughs> People will chat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> there is no chat. Thank you for the donation. 69XX69. Someone has offered to give us money. That person is an idiot. I have declined it every time. Oh, what? You should. You should take it. I had to park almost a mile away since the lake was so packed. I eventually found out Kyle and Kimber, the friends, that jutted out over the beach. Kimber was sunbleed sunbathing in a blue floral bikini Mm. and Kyle was wearing his no one can tell me where my eyes are looking. No one can tell. No (laughs) one can tell where my eyes are looking sunglasses. Which means he's looking at them ditties, yo. But that's their brother and sister. 
Kimber and Kyle? No, I they're not. I thought they were. No, they're not. What? They're absolutely not. They're just friends. It's three individuals and then the narrator's little brother or little sister. <sighs> I thought they were brother and sister. Shit. I don't think Kyle and Kimber are related. Put it in the chat. Um, are they related? Put it in the I live might be chat. wrong. Slide into my DMs with that info. What I asked. What did I ask? <laughs> what did I What that is that is what he would say though. So transparent. That is what he what would I say. What I ask. Ah shit, I mean miss. <laughs> Hey, that is really what quick. he would be saying. Are you guys brother and sister? Because I can't. Because I'm also looking at your ass. Oh, uh, what did I miss? I asked, sitting down next to Kimber. Not much. She answered, stretching and sitting up. Just more beer. She dug into the cooler behind her and tried to hand me a blue moon. I actually like blue moon. Ugh, no. I waved it away. Got any Excedrin? Oh, no. Kimber gave me her, I'm sorry, pout. Okay, then I'll just take those sunglasses. I held my hand out to Kyle. Oh no, that's Kimber. Oh. (laughs) Oh, come on, Kyle. Give him your sunglasses. Sam didn't get to sleep off his hangover like we did. I smiled at Kyle, and he tightened his lips. We both knew exactly (laughs) what I was doing. Kimber stroked Kyle's arm in encouragement. Please? She asked. There's some three-way fucking that's about to happen. Yeah. (laughs) No. This is getting real. Yeah. No. Oh, now we need to know for sure if he's a brother and sister because this changes his whole. The answer happens later. (sighs) This is you. (laughs) Fine. He said and shoved his blue blockers at me. I put them on and sat back, turning my head to watch the girls on the beach below. Oh, not even the girl right next to him. Damn. (laughs) Phoebe Dranger, dark-haired girl, was there lying on the towel next to round face and giggling. It still seemed unnatural to me to see the two of them without rude nose. Uh, Nicknames for girls I don't remember. They're just the girls from Mean Girls, basically. The three had been inseparable, working as fluidly together as the gears in a Y had fallen in No. Untrue. So why'd you get out of work early anyway? Kyle asked. Prescott came in. Ew. Kimber squirmed. Totally freaks me out. He's been staring at me since like fifth grade. Next time he stares at you, let me know and I'll knock him the fuck out. Kyle had always been protective over Kimber, but ever since they started dating, it had gotten ten times more unbearable. So they are related. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I guess. Their brother winked gross. at him. So what do you want? He wanted to talk to Mira. Probably about the sandwich shop. You mean how no should have closed years ago, but it won't because the Prescotts are stubborn and vain? Kyle said. Yeah, probably. I mean, she looked pretty worried. I can count on one hand how many sandwiches have sold in the past month. Ouch. Kimber grimaced. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to get chewed out. I really don't like that guy. I thought about the squirmy yellow-eyed freak yelling at the sweet little Mira, and it made my blood boil. You should have met his dad. Kyle snorted. He was a piece of work. His dad? Yeah, Tom Prescott. Kimber said. The family put him in a home a few towns over. Why is he in a home? I heard he got dementia, and he was embarrassing the family in public. Kyle said. I heard that too. Kimber brushed her long curls off of her shoulder. 
I always liked Tom Prescott. It was a pretty shitty thing to do. Hey, kids! <laughs> we turned in unison to see Phil Saunders pushes behind us with Mike Sutton following behind. So this is where the cool people hang out, high above the kingdom on Pride Rock. Sup, Mike? <laughs> Kyle said, ignoring Phil, whom he disliked ever since Phil had briefly dated Kimber. Phil was either unaware of or uninterested in Kyle's feelings. Of course, there may also have been because Phil was stoned out of his mind most of the time, and now was no exception. I am Phil. <laughs> they sat down next to us, and Mike offered me his pipe. Bruh, you want to hit this? <laughs> I did want to hit it, <laughs> and pretty badly, too. I reached up to grab it, but Phil swatted my hand away. Careful, guy. You don't want to get the sheriff's son high. For fuck's sake, Mike. Mike nodded knowingly and shoved the pipe back into his pocket. I scowled. Really? Sorry, Sammy. Hell, the only reason I'm, ever, I'm even smoking around you is because today is my cousin's death anniversary. I don't give a shit about anything else. So you were like, you read the, 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 the story and you were like, this character is Jack Nicholson. That's who. That's who. Hey, 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 yay! Death anniversary. Around you, because today's my cousin's death anniversary. I don't give a shit <laughs> about anything else. Got it. Hannah. Hannah. Kimber asked with a sympathetic look. Yep. Five years. She's been gone. Too many people disappear in these woods, man. Mike said as he exhaled a cloud of smoke. Yeah, man. <laughs> Phil nodded. You know, sometimes when I'm high, I can see them all. And I feel like I know the answer to the mystery, man. Like I'm so close to solving it. It's just something I can see. Like they're all puzzle pieces and in my mind I see the puzzle put together, but... I can't tell what the picture is of, you know? You're fucking high, Saunders, Kyle said. We all are, man. We all are. Everyone in this town is drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. Kimber raised an eyebrow at him, but said nothing. And I just want to jump in. Uh, it wasn't actually Kool-Aid that Jonestown drank. It was actually Flavor-Aid, but most people get that wrong. Everyone thinks it's Kool-Aid. Yeah, because it's the phrase. They couldn't They couldn't afford Kool-Aid? or Kool-Aid is just more popular, so everyone just kind of yeah, but why, forgot why did they flavor drink aid. Flavor-Aid? Because it's cheaper. Oh. You can't splurge on your suicide cults? Are you fucking kidding me? Put it on your credit card. It happened in fucking South America. In the you middle put of it the on your fucking credit card. It happened in the middle of the fucking Amazon. You still have, they still have Google Pay. And the goddamn Sudan. How do you get it there? They well, are flavor aid. Yeah, you pay for it. You're gonna no, die. Kool-Aid. How do you get Kool Aid in fucking South America? How do you get flavor aid the there? Why is flavor aid have a? Do they have a fucking honestly, factory in South America? Honestly, I, I bullshit. Horseshit. I, I believe South America had more flavor aid than the U.S. did. You've been drinking the fucking Kool Aid, man. <laughs> you don't even you you do that anti-conspiracy shit. No. Kimber raised an eyebrow at him, but said nothing. 
Everyone except the dead ones. I can see what they looked like before they went into the ground. Or is it the grounder? <laughs> Shit, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Mike said to the space in front of him, not even addressing anything, just to the space yeah, in front of him. Oh, boy. Yeah. I see all those people. Hannah, Paige, Jason Metley. Hell. I even see your sister, Walker. Kyle, who I knew had been monitoring the conversation for mention of this very thing, sprang to his feet and opened his mouth to yell at Phil. Now, Whitney Walker ran away to St. Louis, remember? Mike said. I saw Kyle and Kimber exchange a quick blockers. (coughs) That true, man? (laughs) Phil asked. And there it was. I knew Kyle and Kimber had always wondered what I thought about Whitney and if I'd ever accepted the official statement that she and Jay had run away together. But I knew they wanted to know what I believed. What I thought had really happened. I loved them both. And wanted to talk to them about it, but I just couldn't. Everyone thought that I had spent the last seven years quietly grieving and that I'd put the incident behind me. So sisters, like, they keep dropping girls' names yeah. that have disappeared. And, and like five only, years, seven Only years. now is it like seven years and his sister's name is actually Whitney, and I think I remember that. So uh, it's been seven fucking years, five years since Hannah, and the most recent one is a girl named Christy? Yeah, I don't fucking... A so lot is like, happening! He was like, let me get a job at a sandwich shop. I Sandwiches... The truth was that I'd never given up on Whitney. I'd waited years for Jay to show up on social media, and when I finally found him last year, I'd been devastated. I'd always hoped the official report was right and that Whitney was somewhere floppy with Jay Bauer. But his MySpace page, MySpace page showed a thriving teenager still living at home and with his parents. His ex-girlfriend Whitney, the furthest thing from his mind. When I'd brought the evidence to my dad, he read the pages I'd printed off, and then he shut the door to his office with me on the other side. I heard him crying in there for hours, as I waited for him to reopen the case and bring the smackdown on the Butler County Sheriff's Department, but justice had never come, and we never mentioned Jay Bauer again. For whatever reason, I never told Kyle and Kimber about any of that. Maybe it was because I was worried they'd blow it off like my dad had, or... Maybe, and far more likely, I didn't want them to know how obsessed I'd become with Baraska and the skinned men. I knew as assuredly as the sun would rise tomorrow that Whitney's death had happened at there. Just like all the others who'd gone to the triple tree at me. Yeah, it's true. She ran off with this guy, Jay, from her. That was enough for Kyle. The little man is right. Oh, no, that's my... Yeah. The little man is right, Phil. Let's battle with the cops around here. Mike said. Later, Walker. Kimber. Little man. Phil stood up, brushed off his pants, and jumped from the boulder onto the sandy beach below. He sprayed sand... All over a couple of freshman girls who squealed and called him an unthoughtful ass. 
Phil tipped his invisible hat to them and said, Ladies? Before walking off. To Fedora. Mike followed him down. And as I watched them make their way down the beach, I became aware of the conversation going on behind me. I didn't say I wanted to go. I said I had to go. Kimber said. It's only two o'clock and it's Sunday. I know, but my parents have been fighting a lot lately and I don't want to leave my mom alone too long. She's asking, do you want to stay at my oh, place Oh, oh, yeah, so yeah. Kyle's saying Kyle's that. that. Kyle is saying that. Do you want to stay at my place tonight? Kimber's voice dropped into a whisper. I just don't. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. What? No, wait, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I'd, like, sleep on the pullout in the basement and you would have my room. Very awkward silence. My parents love you, you know. He added. Kimber laughed. I just want to be there for my mom right now. But thank you, sweetie. And then the absolutely disgusting sound of my best never get used to it. (sighs) On that note, I'm out of (laughs) here. I stood up and gave them both a shaming look. Aw, come on, Sam. Don't be jealous. We'll find you a girlfriend someday. Kyle joked. I don't really need your help with that. I muttered, glancing down to the beach somewhere where Emmeline Adler was sunbathing. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Last week of school! Kimber yelled at me, retreating back. Yelled at me, retreating. Yelled at, yelled my, at me, retreating back. back. Thank, Thank God! God. Begora. <laughs> Thank the goats. <laughs> tomorrow was the last Monday of the school year, and while I should have been thankful my sophomore year was ending, I wasn't. Summer meant no distractions, more time to think, and even more hours of boredom at Prescott Artisan Sandwiches. But I wasn't looking forward to tomorrow for another reason, besides it being Monday was also sophomore ditch day. My dad had caught on to that several weeks ago and warned me to set a good example and go to school that day. Sometimes I really hate being the son of a cop. Kimber and Kyle were sympathetic and had offered to share in my misery. I had, of course, said yes, much to Kyle's sadness. As I had expected, my dad was waiting for me when I got home. We shared a brief start respective days, and then he finally got to it. Remember, Sammy, we're cracking down on truancy this year. I want to see you at school tomorrow. Yeah, I got it, Dad. And I hope I won't have to write a ticket to Kyle, either. I sighed. It's just a tradition. Even the teachers sort of encourage it. On Friday, they said... I don't care what they said, Sam. Besides the fact that I'm sheriff, I'm also your father, and I want my son in school. I laughed and shook my head. What a joke. I can't control what Kyle does. Fair enough. But, uh, you can control what you do. I said nothing. The dad sighed. It's almost over, Sam. Just get through these last, uh, five days, and you can be done with school for a few months. Fine. I walked out the kitchen, rudely ending the conversation. I climbed the stairs and passed by Whitney's door on the way to my room. The light was on and silence was behind it. I knew my mother was in there. She was always in there, doing God knows what. Mm, Fucking ew. I walked to my own room, shut the door behind me, and locked it. The next day at school ended up being more embarrassing than anything else. There were a few other people that hadn't skipped, maybe a total of ten of us. And the looks they shot at me made it clear that my dad was the reason they were there.
Kimber. Great friend that she was happily went to her classes like it was a normal day. Kyle attended all of my classes with me. The teachers who had been looking forward to an easy day couldn't have cared less. Just before lunch, an officer came around to all the classrooms and asked for copies of the attendance sheets. Dad really wasn't kidding about cracking down this year. I got shit from people all summer. At lunch, Kyle and I went out to my car to smoke. Usually, we were hidden by dozens of large pickup trucks, but today, we were out in the open and vulnerable to a shady corner of the parking lot, and Kyle pulled out his bowl. Did you text Kimber? I asked him while we hit it. Hit it. He said said that through tight lips as he let the smoke sit in his lungs and then blew it all over my dashboard. She went home around fourth period. She had her mom called her and she was going to go home and take care of her. I don't know, man. Doesn't her mom hate you? I asked, taking my turn with the bull. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a fairly new development ever since Kimber and I started dating. But I'm pretty sure she's always just... Now that she's all depressed and whatever, she doesn't give a shit. It was hard to picture anyone hating Kyle. Why can't Kimber's dad take care of her? I don't know. I hit the pipe again. Hey man, let's not even go back today. Kyle said. You think? I asked. Yeah, I mean, you put in four periods, like you've been a good son. An officer dickass already came around and collected the attendance sheets. Dickass? Really? You're better than that, man. Officer... Ass dick? You're fucking baked, Kyle. Seriously, man, let's go. I thought about it a second. Kyle was right. I'd done my duty as a son. And if I left now, I'd have enough time to go to GameStop before work. Fuck it. I turned on the ignition, grabbing my Doritos and my Mountain Dew. The kids that smoke weed in high school and the kids that go to GameStop in high school are not the same group. They, they have no overlap. They aren't. I think that's that's an anecdote from the author <laughs> there and there. mixed with something he never experienced as, yep. as a kid. Kyle sat up in his chair and rolled down the window to clear out the smoke. Hey, man, uh, can you drop me by Kimber's? Sure, but how are you going to get home? Can you come get me after work? What if her mom throws you out again? Kyle rolled his eyes. That was one time. Why can't I just drop you at home and you can take your own car? Needs new tires. New tires, of course. What Kyle really meant was that his insurance had lapsed, and he didn't have any money for gas anyway. I don't have any money for gas. He brought the car last summer after working double shifts at the convenience store for half a year. It was an okay car, newer, but I knew he'd only wanted it to impress Kimber, something he'd vehemently denied. Had it worked, yeah. not in my opinion. <laughs> They started dating in the fall, and Kyle quit his job to spend more time with her. Kimber didn't seem like the kind of girl to be impressed by Pontiac Bonneville, but Kyle was convinced that was how he'd won her over. I was sure all the car had really done was give him the confidence to ask her out, and now that its part in their romance ended, the car sat in the garage of the Landy home, collecting dust instead of memories. GameStop didn't have what I wanted, and neither did Drisking Games and Media. Since I had nothing else to do, I decided to show up to work early and hope that Mira would let me leave early, too. I parked in front and walked in the door, unsurprised to see no one at the front counter. There were only three of us that worked at the shop, and sadly, I never got to see the other girl, Emmeline. Emmeline. It's the one at the beach. 
Maybe she's who worked on the days I didn't. This was disappointing to me, since she was half the reason I applied there in the first place. <laughs> Maybe it's Emily. Maybe she was born with it. <laughs> I went into the back to tell Mira I was there and found her slumped over her desk on a pile of receipts and paperwork. This wasn't an unusual way to find Mira, but something seemed different today. I immediately felt a disturbance in the force, but before I could run away, she turned toward me and I saw Mira was crying. Are you, um, um, are you... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said quickly, wiping her eyes. Is it four already? No, it's 2.15. I just thought maybe if I came in early... Oh, right, it's your ditch day. Mira wiped her eyes, only to have them fill with tears again. I don't understand, Sam. The story's been operating in the red ever since I was hired to manage it. What am I doing wrong? I don't... know. I offered lamely the instinct to escape never stronger. No one comes in here, ever, and Mr. Prescott refuses to let me put up signs to advertise. He says they're unsightly, but how does he expect me to pull in business? I need this job, Sam. God, I just... I must have looked like a frightened deer because when Mira glanced over at me, she seemed to suddenly collect herself. Uh, Go ahead and go out to the front. I'll do your time card. She didn't have to tell me twice. I really liked Mira, and I hated seeing her like this. The front didn't end up being much better. I could hear Mira crying over the store's dated music track. Her sobs went from painfully audible to muffled whimpers. After half an hour, I decided I had to do something. Since I was entirely unequipped to deal with an adult woman's emotions, I decided to call Mira's husband, Owen. He was thankfully at home and answered on the second ring. Oh, fuck! I'll be there. I breathed a sigh of relief when I heard a car pull up outside and saw the tall, girthy Owen get out of it. He walked in during a quiet lull in his wife's breakdown. I'm sorry to call you at home, Mr. Daly. I just didn't know what else to do. It's okay, Sam. You did the right thing. He looked tired, and I could tell the situation wasn't new to him. Is she okay? I mean, like, will she be okay? Oh, yeah. He nodded. We're just going through some things. Oh. Mira said the store is going bankrupt, too. I winced as soon as the words were out of my mouth. Yeah. Owen ran a hand through his hair. That's part of it. Although I don't think Jim's going to let that happen. Mira is more upset about... He sighed. Has Mira told you about her uh, appointments? Um, no. Well, we've been trying to get pregnant for years. Long, painful years. It's just so goddamn important for her to have a baby. And you know she blames me for our problems? He walked around the room, staring at the pictures, not really talking to me anymore. I understand why it's important to her. I just don't understand the obsession with it, you know? Because she's the last one in her family? Because she's the last McCaskey on the planet? I mean, does she even realize that her baby wouldn't be a McCaskey? He'd be a daily. I tell you, Sam, never marry a woman with a crazy father and four dead uncles. They develop these obsessions with lineage and... Four dead uncles? What? Oh. Yeah, the famous ones. You know the four brothers who died in the Drisking Mines? Well, that only left her dad, and her parents were only able to conceive her. Which leaves her as the last McCaskey and hope for the family line. So of course you see how this is all my fault. I looked at him blankly and he sighed. I'm sorry, kid. 
These aren't your problems, and they're way over your pay grade anyway. I'm just very stressed out these days. Our fertility issues and Mira's absolute abhorrence to our only other option, it's... But how did they die? I was, I was desperate to talk about anything else, and the story of Mira's uncles interested me. The McCaskey boys? I don't really know. They died on the mountain somewhere. Oh. Well, um, have you heard of the skinned men? Skinned men? Yeah. I don't think so. What about Baraska? Owen Daly squeezed his eyes shut and pushed in on his temples with his fingers. What? What does a Baraska have to do with anything? Owen? Oh. Might be. Owen? Yeah, sorry, I actually kind of acted her voice when I... I mean, it, it worked. It was, it, did. <laughs> it was the same thing. It did. Mirav's voice squeaked from the doorway. Oh, baby, are you okay? Sam, call the house. I want to do it. You do? Owen asked dubiously. I called him. His eyes flicked over to me and I immediately looked away. Another conversation I didn't want to be part of. Sam, why don't you take off for the day? Mira and I will handle things here. Are they gonna fuck? They're gonna fuck. Are they gonna fuck in uh, Baraska and- Traska's artisan sandwiches <laughs> and soups? Okay, I'm um. Is it? Is it him? It's. It should be. No, it should be you. Dude, fucking weird shit is going down in this town. What happened? I can't explain it over the phone. Where are you at? I'm at Kimber's. Are you off work? Yeah, I'm coming to get you. By Kimber's, Kyle meant sitting on the curb in front of the house, kicked out of the property again. <laughs> when I pulled up, Kimber came out and met us at the curb. I'm so sorry, Kyle. She said. She's really upset today. She wouldn't even let me leave the house to sit with you. It's okay, we're okay. We're okay, and my dad will be home soon. Text us when he gets home, and we'll come get you, I said. I wish I could. I'm babysitting tonight until 7.30. Maybe after that? Sure. Kyle and Kimber hugged goodbye, and then Kimber rushed back to her house as if something crashed inside. So what's going on? Kyle asked, taking a drink of a warm Dr. Pepper sitting in my cup holder. You're still wearing your apron, you know. Mira had a breakdown, I said, peeling it off. Really? What happened? I told Kyle the full story, giving particular attention to the four uncles. Yeah, the McCaskies. I've heard of them. Didn't know Mira was one, though. Thought they were all dead. Yeah, she's the last one, so, like, do you think the McCaskies' deaths have anything to do with the other disappearances? It had been a while since I'd mentioned anything about Baraska, and Kyle choked on the Dr. Pepper a little. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe if the dis- disappearances started around the same time? How can we find that out? Maybe the cops? There have to be, like, police reports. Okay, but what if I couldn't ask my dad? Kyle shook his head. I don't know, then. What about, the, like, records? The historical society people, maybe? Oh, yeah. He said, nodding. We can try them. They're over on second. They share an office with Drisking Arts and Antiques. I made a U-turn and started back toward town. Hey, uh, why are we doing this? I know the question was coming. I had hoped to have more answers myself before I had to just give him one. Just... Whitney was all I could say. 
Kyle didn't ask anything more. The Historic Preservation Society of Drisking was at the back of the building, and we had to walk through the antiquities shop as the owner, Mr. Dranger, eyed us warily. At the end of a short hallway, we found a small room with two desks pushed together. One was empty, and the other was stacked high with books and folders of loose paper. We could hear someone typing behind the stacks. I cleared my throat. Hello? And a small woman popped up from behind the desk. I recognized her as the same woman who had given us a lecture in fifth grade. Uh, yeah? How can I help you boys? She asked, walking out to greet us. Um, yeah, I have a few questions about Drisking's history, I guess. Oh, great. Is this for an end of year report? Have a seat, boys. She gestured to the empty chair sitting behind the other desk. I nodded at Kyle and he sat down, looking uneasy. Yeah, it's for an essay we have to write. Hey, I think you gave a lecture to us like seven years ago at school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was you and... Yeah, it was you and one other guy, too. Like a ball guy. Kyle said, shifting uncomfortably in the wooden chair. Yeah, that was my fiancé, Wyatt Dowding. He passed several years ago. Uh. Kyle said. So, uh, Miss... Miss... Scanlon. Like Scantron. But you can call me Katie. <laughs> she said. Or Catherine. Catherine. Whichever one you want. Catherine. It's up to you. Catherine. I tried. I hated calling adults by their first names. Um, we want to know about the McCaskey kids. Ooh! Catherine said, shaking her head. That's a dark part of history, but still history nonetheless. Yeah, so when did that happen? And like, how do they die? Kyle added. Well, they didn't die. I mean, they certainly perished in the mines, but their bodies were never recovered, so we don't know the answer. I would think dehydration, starvation, and exhaustion killed them within days of getting lost down there. And to your second question, that was, um, 1953, I believe. And the mines closed that year? Well, actually, the mines officially closed the year after. There was a legal spat between the city and the Prescott family who wanted to leave the mines open until the bodies were found. The city won, and the mines were condemned. Wait, why did the Prescotts care? Um, don't you want to write this down? Catherine asked. Kyle tapped his head twice with his finger. Catherine shrugged and continued. Well, the Prescott and the McCaskey family were closely related. Tom Prescott was paying teams of unemployed miners to go down in the mines and search for bodies. The city had had enough of it, and the mountain was unstable, and they didn't want any more deaths. So the mines had been abandoned years before and were structurally unsafe. After the city banned the recovered teams from the mines, members of the Prescott family started going down there. The city had enough, and the mines collapsed. With bombs? Kyle asked. Well, with explosives. And that's what led to the incident. Okay, by this time, the mines had been unprofitable for a few years, and the city was quite broke. They hired a less than reputable company to collapse the mines, and well, when they set off the explosives, they accidentally broke into Drisking's water table. The city went into debt, trying to purify the water of silt and iron ore. It wasn't until two years later that things started getting better, thanks to the Prescotts, who truly did revitalize Drisking. Kyle's phone chirped, and he pulled it out of his pocket. It's Kimber. Uh, she wants us to come over. Okay, th thanks, Miss Scanlon. I mean, Catherine. Any other questions, feel free to come back. We're almost always there. Oh, 
We're almost always open during the day. Oh, or you can email me. She dug into her jacket pocket and pulled out a loose business card. It was creased. It had a dusty... Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, what do you think? Kyle asked when we got into the car. I don't know. <laughs> I'll fuck you. It's weird, isn't it? I mean... Why would the Prescotts give a shit if the town suffers after they refuse to help him find their family and were actively working against them? Maybe they forgave and forgot. Kyle shrugged. Does Jimmy Prescott seem like a guy to forgive and forget to you? Ugh, no. And his dad is even worse. Exactly. Maybe we should... Turn here. Sorry, Kimber's still babysitting and she's over on Amherst. When we pulled up, Kimber was out in the front yard with two young boys who were playing in the driveway. She was holding a sleeping baby and waving to us. We parked in the driveway and she introduced us to the two older kids. They gave us shy hellos and then ran off to continue their game. Once they'd left, we explained everything that had happened to Kimber while she listened and rocked the baby in her arms. Sam is right, that doesn't make sense. But why are we even concerned about something that happened decades ago? Whitney. Kyle said so I didn't have to. A flash of surprise crossed Kimber's face and she walked over to put the baby down in his playpen. Then she walked back and pulled me into one of her famous super comforting not at all awkward hugs. When she released me, she began to pace around the driveway. Okay, so we think Whitney somehow got involved in all of this. And you're right, if we want to figure this out, we need to start at the beginning. Phil is right. Every mystery in this town is one piece of a larger puzzle. It's all related. She stopped and looked over at us. We need to go to the source if we want answers. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I know he likes to hang out in the hideaway and get drunk with ex-Sheriff Clary. Uh, no, Kyle, not Jimmy, his dad. Tom? He's so crazy, they put him in a home. He's the horse's mouth, though, isn't he? Jimmy isn't likely to know half as much as his dad. But... As Kyle and Kimber argued, I watched the kids chase each other around the tree in their front yard. There seemed to be something carved into the bark words, not unlike the triple tree at Ambercott Fort. I was too far away to read what it said. He got you, he got you! I heard the youngest one call to his brother. The skin man got you, now you have to die! Nuh-uh, Peter, I wasn't touching the tree! No, you were, you're a lie, now you have to meet the shiny gentleman. No- Kimber, Josh is cheating! I shuddered and turned away from them. Where's the nut house? I interrupted them. Is it close? It's not a nut house, it's more like a hospice. Kimber chided. What I've heard is that he's at Golden Elm and that's in Cape Giridu. Giridu. That's in Cape Giridani. <laughs> that's about 40 minutes. Ah, oh, shit. Cape Giridani's. That's about 40 minutes away. Hey, it's 40 minutes. What are you minutes. talking about, Cape Giordani's? Yeah, it's like 40 minutes away. Kyle said and pulled out his phone. I'll check the visiting hours for Tuesdays. Sam, do you work tomorrow? I work every day. But I'll. Okay, cool. Let's plan to leave after school. And after GameStop. <laughs> I just want to see if they have For Honor. That shit's dope. Which I don't think is going to happen. Not likely. Not fucking likely. <laughs> yeah. The following day dragged on like any last Tuesday of the school year. Most people talked about what they did with their ditch day or complained about a cop showing up at their house to issue them a ticket while sliding less than pleased looks at me. When the final bell rang at 3.30, I grabbed my bag and it booked it out to my car. 
Cal and Kimber were already waiting for me. The drive took longer than we expected when I got lost in Cape Girardeau. What is it? What is the word? I don't know. Gerardo. Girardeau. The town was bigger than Drisking, and the streets weren't laid out with any sort of planning or logic. By the time we arrived at Golden Elm, we only had 20 minutes left for visiting hours. We're here to see Mr. Thomas Prescott, Kimber told the nurse at the front desk. We let her do all the talking, since she had a disarming, old-fashioned charm about her that put people in a friendly mood. Old Tom? Wow, he hadn't had a visitor since Christmas, when his son came up. Sign the check-in sheet and take a visit. <laughs> I sound like I'm someone attending there, not someone in charge. Wow, he doesn't have wow, a visitor since actually, Christmas. And he's, he's actually, younger than me. He's my friend, actually. Wow, old Tom, I we saw him. Pilates. Yeah, he's in the back. <laughs> Your family, then? Do you know where his room is? The nurse arched a thin, suspicious eyebrow. I'm sorry, we don't. Kimber apologized. My mother has been asking me to check in on my great-uncle while she's away doing Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> she's doing Doctors. Doctors Without Borders. She's doing Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> I should have gotten more information from her, but you know... She only has so many minutes to call home. Her day is full of doing doctors. She only has like ten minutes. Oh, of course, dear. Let me get someone to escort you. An orderly room, which we found empty. He pointed down the hall and said, "He likes to read in the sunroom." The narrator of this entire story the, is that orderly. The reading of that, by the way, was fucking was, spot on. That was great. He likes to read. He likes to read in the sunroom. Yeah, it was like an M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> we walked down the hall and found an old thin man. M. Night Shyamalan played alone. that orderly in his own version <laughs> of the movie. He wrote this story. Yeah. Yeah. We walked down the hall and found an old thin man sitting alone and whispering to himself. He was sitting at a table in front of a backgammon board, moving chess pieces. Scott. Kimber said, smiling. He didn't look up, and I wondered if he'd hurt her at all. Kimber took a deep. him, goddammit. I'm Mr. Thomas Prescott. Don't call me Tom. People's kids used to have more respect. I'm sorry, sir. Kimber said gently as she sat down in the chair opposite him. You kids have no respect. Do you even know who I am? It's my son that's done it. That boy's mama should have whipped him, but she was soft and now he's running around town spreading his vulgarity and disrespect. Our apologies, Mr. Prescott. We never meant to be disrespectful. We greatly admire you. You're the man who built our town into what it is today. Everyone remembers that. Drisking was suffering, and the town was dying, and then you fixed it. We know that. I did what I had to do. The old man grumbled. It was bad. It was my... It was my town. It still is. Who are you, little girl, to come in here and suggest otherwise? Uh, no, no, that's not what I said. Kimber changed tactics. And as for who we are, we're... Mira McClaskey's kids. Do you remember the McCaskies? Huh. So you're Ada's granddaughter. That explains why you're not there. We exchanged puzzled looks. We're right here, Mr. Prescott. Kimber said. You know what I meant, young lady. They all know. They know I rescued the town. That's my town. Of course, they were going to let me do anything I wanted as long as the money kept coming in. That's why it's my town. Is the money still coming in? Kimber tested. Well, you're here, aren't you? They didn't like it, but they took the money. They didn't know. Not everything they didn't, but they suspected some. 
And they must have been okay with it, because they kept electing Clary, and they kept taking the money. Prescott picked up a pawn and ran his fingers over it as he talked. It's just a powder, you know, so unassuming. A fine, soft powder. The powder doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know it's bad. It's the people who say it's bad. But it needed to be done. Had to do it. Kimber hooked him in. I know. I know we had to do it, but it's your son. I I don't think he's doing it right. Well, of course he isn't! The elderly Prescott slammed his fist on the table again, and two rooks tumbled to the floor. They were mine! He took them from me. He thought he could do it better, but he took mine, and he ruined my legacy. Decades of work, and now it's all run by the powder. It's the dust of the crumbled empire. What about the skin men? I asked, caught up in the moment. What are you talking about, boy? He growled. And the tree house, the triple tree, what is it? What is it for? Triple tree? I didn't authorize that. We paid triple the price, but it was only for a short while when things were slow. We certainly never charged triple. That's bad business. Where is Burr? Has my idiot boy been telling you that? Did he offer you triple for them? He's ruining my town, isn't he? God damn it, Jimmy, you get in here. Ada, get my boy on the phone. You tell Jimmy I want to talk to him. You tell him they're still mine. Ada, Ada, get Jimmy on the phone. Kimber jumped up and Kyle pushed her behind him as the old man rose to his feet, tall and imposing. I just took that over from I, you. That's fine. Just like, <laughs> it, just like it keeps <laughs> happening. Kimber jumped up and Kyle pushed her behind him as the old man rose to his feet, tall and imposing. We were backing towards the door when the orderly came in with a disapproving look on his face and shoot us out. Long after we made it to the lobby, we could still hear Tom Prescott yelling for his son. The ride home was quiet, and I spent it trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle together. The skin men, the triple tree, the shiny gentleman, the powder. These things seemed to have been pulled blindly from the ether, random and meaningless. The veil over my eyes was thick and heavy, but I was closer to Baraska than it had ever been before. I could feel it all around me, but I couldn't see it. I could almost touch it, but I couldn't yet comprehend it. I suddenly realized that Kyle was pulling off the road and the car in park and turned around to look at me in the back seat. About Whitney, Sam. Kimber watched us with worried eyes. Why do you think that? The cops, I mean, even your father confirmed that Whitney ran away. I don't believe them, I said through clenched teeth. Look, Sam, we're getting pretty deep in here, and I'm with you every step, but I have to know that there's a reason we're doing this. And pulling Kimber in, too, I, I have to know this is important to you. This is important to you for the right reasons and not just an obsession. I looked out the window and realized he'd pulled over near the West Rim, Prescott, or Trailhead. He was right to worry, and even more so to be protective of Kimber. Mass amounts of drugs. Hmm, okay, different idea. If Baraska really did involve moving massive amounts of drugs, did I want to involve my friends any further? This wasn't their fight. I love these people. Could I really risk their safety for my own curiosities and vendettas? As hard as I wished I could let them go, I knew I needed them. I have to know what really happened to Whitney, I whispered. Kyle jerked back around without a word, and Kimber placed her hand on mine. I jerked my hand away and crossed my arms and then immediately apologized. Kimber just smiled in a forgiving sort of way. Kyle sighed. 
Sam. He was interrupted by the piercing ring of Kimber's phone. She scrambled for a cell to silence it, but when she saw the name on the screen, she quickly answered. Dad? What? Wait, what? What do you mean? Dad? No, wait, slow down, hello? She took the phone away from her. Something happened to my mom and she's at the hospital. Tears filled Kimber's soft green eyes. Kyle threw the car in gear and screeched to the parking lot. We made the 10-mile trip to the hospital in as many minutes, which is criminally fast on surface streets. Kyle stopped the car at the emergency entrance, and Kimber and I ran inside. A deputy was there waiting. He refused to answer Kimber's desperate questions as he led us to her father. When the deputy swung open the doors, I saw my dad sitting next to Kimber's, and I braced myself for the worst. Kimber's dad took her in one direction, and my dad took me in the other. Before he said a word, I saw Kimber crumble to the floor on the other side of the room. I looked at my dad helplessly, and he gave me a nod and pulled me into a hug. We sat down in a corner, and I, start, I stared at my hands as he quietly explained that Mrs. DeSarto had gone grocery shopping at around 1 o'clock, come home, put the freezer put the freezer in the groceries, <laughs> put the groceries away, made two lasagnas and a meatloaf, and put them in the freezer. Then she got in her car, drove to the hospital, parked it in the shade, took the stairs up seven floors to the roof, and jumped off of it. She lived long enough to apologize to the EMT who found her. I watched Kimber fall apart as her body's I watched Kimber fall apart as her mother's body slowly grew cold in the morgue. One flow Oh my god, she's dead? She's dead. Fuck. I watched Kimber fall apart as her mother's body slowly grew cold in the morgue. One floor beneath us. Fuck. This dude is very influenced by Silent Hill. You think? Yeah. The whole like drugs that just came into it. It's like the white Claudia. So what's like uh, what's your feelings? So you on were saying so you were saying you know with the drug development that it's yeah. kind of a little bit more like Silent Hill. Yeah. But I um I still feel like something is off. Like um like he said powder and I didn't think of I actually I didn't even think of cocaine. I thought of um I thought of like Mount Vesuvius. You know like volcanic ash. Like um you know ash comes from like what. Didn't they say that there's like a dust that lays over the town? Isn't that wasn't that in part one? Ah, uh, possibly. I would not be surprised because it's that's another like Silent Hill thing. Not to be like Silent Hill. Maybe it is Silent Hill that the, I'm thinking. The of. powder. No, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, when he's talking about the powder, it's like a magical like powder. It's like a like some kind of like deal with the devil like thing. Oh, see, I just thought it was, like, ash of, like, dead bodies. Oh, Like, okay. they're killing people that they don't like in they're, this there's town. The ashes of the... Oh, okay. The yeah, town is sense. just them killing people they don't like. Right. That don't fit their mold of... Baraska is, like, the crematorium. Yeah, they... like, the uh, the Prescott's kind of have control of this town, and, you know, when he says the powder, we did it for the powder, I'm just assuming that, like, that warning message of, you know, the... Uh, the land being covered in ash or dust or something every once in a while just reminds the entire town of, you know, what could happen if you don't fucking, if you don't fucking fit the mold. Interesting. You know? Interesting. I think it's fucking cocaine. 
You think it's cocaine? <laughs> that hard cocaine? I think it's just cocaine. <laughs> I think it's literally cocaine. It just sounded too weird for them to just all of a sudden be like, the, the old. we meet the old man and the first thing out of his mouth is like, I fucking love cocaine. Uh, we did it for the yellow. It's like he's Pablo Escobar. You we know? did the he's... whole town. We did it for that sweet, sweet China white. Yeah. Why not, though? <laughs> because... We're it's, the fucking Prescotts. They're in the middle of nowhere. We're like so fucking. Who are they? Who are they giving cocaine. the weed to? Or the I said weed, the cocaine to. You know, the like, weed. Phil buys all the weed. Phil buys ninety five percent. Phil is the weed market. Phil is such an interest. intense dude. And did you like my Jack Black reading of him? I did like your Jack Nicholson reading of him. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. I, I, I was like, hey, I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I like literally. He's. Such a dick, and he's so intense. I like Mike. Mike Mike smokes just enough weed, but he's cool, man. Mike's chill. Mike's not yeah, fucking not in over, your face. He's not over. Phil's top. fucking all up in your shit. He's talking about Whitney. I, I hope we see Phil again. Oh, uh, we're gonna see Phil again, and I, I hope, hope he's fucking see, dead. You know what vibe I am getting? Almost like a fucked up Goonies. You know, it's like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I could just imagine the Cindy Lauper playing in the background as you know. I don't think it's a period piece, but if it were a movie, I'd like to think it would be. It would be like Goonies. Goonies, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a movie I have yet to to watch. Um, Summer of the Goonies. Eight, no, Summer no. of '84 is a movie that was just released, and it's kind of riding the whole. Uh, the whole Stephen King 80s resurgence thing. Gotcha. And it's about, like, a bunch of neighborhood kids who think the one neighbor is a serial killer. And I haven't watched it yet, but I have it. And I want to. But I haven't. But I want to. We just watched The Good Neighbor. The Good Neighbor. The Good one, Neighbor. Which good. one was that? It's good. Uh, it's got, um... Who's the dude from Godfather? Sonny from Godfather? Uh, put it in the comments below. Uh... <laughs> So that I can read it. And, the funny thing is, I think life. I saw Good Neighbor. Well, yeah, it's got the kid, the kid from Atypical too, which is the show about the autistic kid. No, I don't know. No. Don't, In any case, they know. haunt their neighbor, and then some shit happens. It's pretty good. Oh fuck! I know you're talking about the dad from Elf. Yeah, I did watch that yes. movie. Yes. Yeah, the dad from and Elf. And it was a uh, Nat. Was it Nat Wolf? <sighs> what is that guy's name? No, it's not Nat Wolf. It was the guy from uh, a funny, uh, a funny thing happened. Um, what? You never saw the funny thing. What is that? The one about uh the kid who who tries fucking killing himself and gets put in the uh, psych ward for like a week just to see what it's like. The Goonies? No, you're talking about the actor. He was Are you talking about Risk Cutters: A Love Story? No, there was a movie called The Funny Thing Happened. It was Zach Galifianakis and the kid from It Follows, which is the kid. You're talking about the right kid now, which it. is the kid from A Good Neighbor. The kid from It, the TV movie, or the the movie that just came out? What are you talking about? It. No, I'm not talking about that. Oh, you're not talking about It? No. You're talking about It Follows. It Follows. It Follows a what? It Follows is a movie. If, okay. Did you see It Follows yet? What is that about? You've never seen It Follows? What is It Follows? <laughs> Brian, Brian Fellows? <laughs> You've never from seen SNL? I thought you said you watched it. What are you talking about? What it is it follows. follows about? What is it about? Uh, it's a sexually transmitted ghost. Are you talking about Casper? No, I'm talking about it follows. You're talking about Casper the Friendly Ghost? I am, actually. Casper Christina, the Friendly Ghost. Christina Ricci has a Christina couple. Ricci. Yeah, Woo! couple Caspers. You know, she's closet. from Reading, PA? No. And she had that song <laughs> that was like... 
I wear t-shirts, you wear short shorts, I'm in the bleachers, you're wearing short shorts. That is how the song goes. That's how the song goes, yeah. (laughs) That's Christine's Hershey's song. Oh, shit. Um, Mm. I really like the story. It's good. uh, I think it's going in a fun direction. This is a good episode. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad glad we had no idea what was going on. Going will, and do it. That will literally happen again next time. I I hope not. You're gonna. I want to like, get you back here sooner next time. I, because yes, we will. I, I was on two business trips back to back, so it's been like four weeks, mm-hmm. almost like a. It's been like a month, and some and some change probably. Right. So uh, we kind of lost track of where this story was going, <laughs> but uh, I'd like to have you back in like a solid two weeks. I'll probably get two episodes more in that time or at Damn. least or at least just record it but space it out at least we know for next time Kyle and Kimber not related Kyle and Kimber Thank not related Christ. Whitney oh, Whitney older sister related to Kimber related to Kyle. main character uh, guy Sam S- Sam Samantha Sam is main character Sam Samantha's the main character she's a she's a lady no mention of younger sibling True. That I thought I remembered from Ooh, part one. Ooh, true. Do you think it's a plot point? Or do you think it's... In- or maybe it's just- one of the names. You know what? Maybe it was it was Kyle's younger sister or brother or something. And was they what? also went missing. I I thought someone of Kyle and Kimber went missing. Yeah, I think that's We're it. We're review. Yeah, yeah, there's a layer of this that has fallen through the cracks. Yeah. Uh, between the recording of this part and the next part, yeah. I will have edited part one and have the answers for us in part three. I'm sorry about our inaccuracies in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to end the episode with? Any final, final wise clothing. words that you would like to leave? All of our listeners with... Sure. Uh, If you open an artisanal sandwich shop, don't name it Prescott Artisanal Sandwiches, because that's kind of on the fucking nose, isn't it? I kind of liked it. You really like the name Prescott Artisanal Sandwiches? Yeah, you know, you got like Boar's Head. They're already doing So Boar's Head is five, is nine letters. Prescott Artisanal Sandwiches is like a thousand. You need to pay literally double for signage just for letter count. That's before you do fonts and colors yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. You just need to pay for the letters. That's too many fucking letters. Maybe like um like parts sam partisan partisanals part part no I don't like no like um all right. powder. So I need you to follow me on this. The powder, this is how this powder is powder how we're gonna end. This is how we're gonna Dude, end the episode. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Hey, Matt. Yeah, Tim? Hey, you talked to Mark lately? Uh, I haven't really talked to him, but he looks pretty, uh, down. (laughs) He looks pretty, uh, down. (laughs) Yeah? Well, then maybe we should cheer him up, then. What do you, uh, suppose we should do? Well, does he like butter tarts? (laughs) I'm flying on the grass! I'm just being born in the past three. That's gonna be the end of the theme song of this episode. It'll still be 